This podcast is really weird. I don't know what it is. Guys, listen up. We know we've been lacking. We've been trying to get some content out and get some quality out to you guys, the faithful listeners of the Juke World podcast. Things got a little hectic there for a little bit, but we're back and we're better than ever. And uh, we were really happy to deliver this episode, but we did have some technical difficulties. For some reason, it kept kicking out of, out of the app, so we had to tie everything together through different segments of things in the episode kind of just don't make sense or we're repeating it. It's probably because we had to chop and screw a bunch of different segments that we recorded together just to hopefully uh, make it free flow and make sense. And at the, towards the end of the episode, actually at the very end, we lose audio again. But we figured it was probably a better time to just cut it off right there before things got a little wild. And uh, we uh, just decided to give the episode anyway. So it cuts off at the end. We apologize for that. Um, just keep listening. Keep tuning in with us. Bear with us. We're, we're still using our makeshift studio through the Anchor app. But we're appreciative of it. And uh, we just want to give you guys some quality content. Again, episode 12, Juke World Podcast. Cue the music. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another installment and episode of the Juke World Podcast. My name is Justin. Alongside me is my co-host, Chris Fuentes, and we are here to rock your world is that better bro is that a better i mean i'm not gonna say it's the best but it's it's better it's getting better uh you know what that sounded so boring bro ladies and gentlemen <laughs> welcome to another episode of the juke world podcast i'm your host chef jay the general aka juicy J, aka the pod father let's get it i'm here alongside my co-host go ahead and introduce your week name bro honestly i think at this point it's pretty um acceptable to call me covid chris i am a little under the weather right now um, but I will say not due to COVID, not, not due to COVID though, just because, um, I, I will blame it on the fires around here where we live. Unfortunately, we live close to these fires in California. So it's taking its toll on me and my job's outside. So I'm breathing in all this ash, um, yeah. but I'm, I'm getting over it. We'll, we'll get over it. I'm not going to make excuses. I'm here. I'm ready to go. Hey, but listen, all this nonsense that's going on with your body, bro, it's actually like making your voice deeper, which is a little bit more respectful on a podcast. And you know, and you know what? I thought the same thing. I was like, I got to get the pod in right now while I got this deep voice. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, if you're listening, man, here, here's the problem. Like, he has body aches. He has a, a high fever, a sore throat. I've had diarrhea for the last three days. All of the but... above, and he still thinks it's allergies. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding, man. Well, listen, man, I hope you get better, and... uh um, I really hope it's not COVID, but yeah. a, uh, you know, so if it, if, if it is, you'll be the first person I invite over to hang out. <laughs> no, nah, I don't know. I might have to, I might have to pass bro, but, um, all right. Hey, check it out. Um, again, we are recording remotely. That's the best part about the anchor app as you will p- potentially hear in the ad later, uh, more than likely. Cause that's how we get paid is by putting ads on this. So, uh, let's get into it, man. We actually um, just came off of, and and again, before we get started, I wanted to apologize. We haven't recorded an episode in a while. I know a lot of people's been hitting me up like, man, when's the next episode? Um, 
I, I feel you guys. I'm ready. Uh, it's just, man, I'm telling you, like, our health has gotten the best of us lately. So um, apologize. But here we're back. We're at it. And as as uh, as uh, Chris Kovadachi says, you know, this is uh, um, where all your wildest dreams come true. <laughs> hey, man. Oh, man. I'm, I'm just, watch when, when we get rich off this thing that you're gonna you're gonna laugh at it now but when we get rich i'm gonna hey, be laughing hey dude you know that's why we keep putting those ads at the beginning or in the last episode <laughs> it was in the middle so without them like i said we don't get paid but if you're looking to sponsor us I, i'm down just hit me up my email um well i'll Let's listen how, how many of our listeners skip through that first minute and 30 seconds of the pod anyways they should <clears throat> But we're not, you know, we're not trying to make them listen to it. I, I just need to put it there so I get paid. So, so. <laughs> um, but, yeah, anyway, so, like I said, we're NBA. Um, there's a lot to digest, man. You know, the, one of the biggest things, Chris, that everybody everybody thought that it was a clear shot for two teams to make it at least to the Western Conference Finals. Anything after that was a toss-up. But the narrative, the narrative going on between these two teams has been going at it all year long. And the crazy thing about it is, okay, again, you and I are huge, huge Laker fans, and we know how we both feel about the Clippers. Now, everybody says Clippers pay your rent. These guys <laughs> are like second-round champions at best. Uh, but finally, finally this year, they got one of the best rosters, if not the best roster that the Clippers have ever, ever had to their disposal. Obviously, with the landing of Kawhi Leonard, Kawhi Leonard decided to not stay with his team. Instead, come to the West Coast. The narrative was being built that Kawhi was going to come to the West Coast, come into the same house as Braun, but on a different team, and basically try to take what he undeservedly thought was his, which is the king of L.A., in my opinion, it was blasphemous. All of the New Balance commercials came out. All of all this marketing talking about that they were the new kings of the West. All of this without literally anything to boast, <laughs> especially with Playoff P, aka Pandemic P, or as the last game, what was it? Game seven proved uh, way off P, backboard P. <laughs> way off P. Yeah, backboard P. You know what I'm saying? Like, they literally proved nothing. It was a despicable performance. And, and honestly, there's so much to digest. Did you, you, you saw the game, obviously. What are your oh, thoughts yeah. on that? What you honestly, on here's the thing, man. And I've been hearing this a lot. And it, it kind of irritates me just because they're building an excuse. People just keep saying, oh, well, it's because, you know, the Clippers weren't taking the Nuggets seriously. They were looking past the Nuggets to get to the Lakers. Uh, that's why I love, I don't know if you heard Kyle Kuzma in his interview recently, but he said, we're, we're looking at the next opponent. We, when we were in this playoffs, I'm, I'm not saying word for word, but kind of paraphrasing here. He said, when we had the, when we had um, the Blazers, we, we, we focused on the Blazers. When we had the Rockets, we focused on the Rockets. He's like, because if you don't focus on your food, then stuff like this happens. Like the Clippers, referring to the Clippers, like you get beat when you're not focused on what you got. So, it's just uh, it's just kind of annoying to me. Um, Chris Broussard brought out a great point that I, I heard him say the other day was that um, the Clippers just kind of had this like as soon as they assembled their team before they even played a game 
for the Clippers, Kawhi and, and Paul George, the Clippers were kind of just like we're we're the we're the new guy in town, you know, like we're here to take over LA, and everybody bought into it, and they're just like they they had so much swagger, so much confidence, and hadn't proved anything yet on the right. floor. Right. And so I feel like that's what happened to them in these in these playoffs, where even against the Mavericks, like the Mavericks were not a team that you could you could sleep on, and and the Mavericks, you know, they pushed them, they they pushed this Clippers team that was supposed to be you know that team, and then the Nuggets came to town, and then again they were up three one, and everybody thought, okay, you know, here's the Clippers, the ones that everybody's been talking about, but um, the one thing that I feel like, and you know what, you can. I'll say this now, and you're gonna you're gonna give me crap for this because I talk a lot of papas about LeBron, but yeah, you, you but you gotta hold Kawhi to the same standard that you would hold LeBron because if LeBron would have came out in a game seven and played as poorly as Kawhi Leonard did in this last game, yeah, dude, all the headlines the next day was oh LeBron, what a choke job. I'm not gonna lie, I would be on that train and be like you know. Uh, oh, LeBron couldn't step up when he needed him. But I kind of feel like everybody just kind of was like, I, I thought it was such a cop-out answer what Paul George said. Oh, well, this wasn't a, a make-or-break year for us. You know, we right. haven't pl- we haven't played that much together, so we're still filling each other out. And I'm like, Which well, how, is, about, how about you tell your yeah. boy Kawhi to stop taking games off and load managing yeah. when you should be building, you know, chemistry, chemistry. with your roster. So th- these, these were in self-inflicted wounds, man. Um, so yeah. I'm I'm kind of glad that they they got humbled because like I said they came in with all this swagger this confidence that yo we're 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 just even in the regular season they were like we're gonna rest because we're not worried about the regular season we're just worried about the playoffs yeah. but guess what the playoffs came and smacked you in the mouth and you didn't recover right so, this- so much so that literally like you know Steve Ballmer the owner of the Clippers decided to go out by by property to build their own stadium. Because for the longest time, again, it's like they've been renting, like, the Lakers garage. Even though the Staples Center doesn't necessarily belong to the organization, Staples Center is almost always, always tied to the Laker name, the Laker franchise, everything like that. Um, you know, and, and when you think about it, it's kind of like it was it was very, like, atrocious to think about on the Clippers end that they built their team to beat LeBron. Yeah. They had nothing but wing defenders. They had nothing but like athleticism. I mean, you have you have uh Kawhi Leonard who was a finals MVP, defensive player. I mean, he wasn't here's the thing. Was Kawhi ever really on a team that had chemistry? The answer is yes, but is any of that attested to because or is any of that come from any of that chemistry come from Kawhi himself? You think about the Spurs. They already had their chemistry. They had a great Hall of Fame coach, Greg Popovich. They had three Hall of Flame, Hall of Fame players that played well together before Kawhi showed up. And then Kawhi takes off. He goes to Toronto. Um, and it, it's kind of hard for me to believe that a guy who who at most we've probably heard say like 50 words. Yeah, well, here's here's my take on that, um, and and it kind of, it it bothers me when I hear this argument of like he's he's so great that he could be the first player to ever win three Finals MVPs with three different teams. Which like, look, I'm not I'm not trying to diminish his his Finals MVPs, but then I kind of am because the one he got with San Antonio, he got it. 
I respect to him. Like he he got he because he that his whole big thing that year was, was because his deed defensively he played yeah. good on LeBron. Which if you look at those numbers, LeBron still had pretty good numbers, but you know he he made it tougher on LeBron. I get that, and he won that MVP. Maybe that was his coming out party where he was just like I'm I'm on the scene now. You know, like I'm I'm not just a role player with San Antonio, which we understand. But at that time, that I don't give that Finals MVP that much like credit i i don't mm. i don't put too much stock into that one because at that time dude he was at best the fourth option on that team you right. had tim duncan right. uh manu ginobili tony parker and you had Kawhi leonard so you know that one i'm like eh, i get it because then you can go to the flip side and say okay is andre Godala considered one of the greatest players of all time because he got in finals mvp with those, that warriors team Right. No, nobody nobody looks at Andre Iguodala that way. Yeah, he had a great series, and he you know he was a big part of that. The reason why they won that series, but no one's looking at him and being like, "Yo, Andre Iguodala, man, he's right there with LeBron." No, so that's why I'm like, Kawhi, that that MVP, Finals MVP, okay, is it does it mean as much as as like LeBron's Finals MVPs? I don't think so because Kawhi wasn't the reason why the Spurs got to that Finals, you know. Yeah. Uh, take Tim Duncan and Manu and Tony Parker off that team. They're not even in in the finals. Um, and then, I mean, I'm not saying that he wasn't a big part of the Raptors um, making the finals because what we saw from the Raptors this year, the Raptors already had a really good team that's that's there. That we saw this year, Kawhi was the missing piece. He was the piece that put him over the top. He was that superstar. But Toronto showed us that that, that team by itself was already good. So... Um, yeah, he was the missing piece that put him over. But then again, if if the Warriors are healthy, <clears throat> do they win that finals? No. So I'm like, everybody was a, a prisoner of the moment that Kawhi is just this dude that just was, you know, going to take the NBA by storm and just be the next, you know. But I will say this, you know, this this knocks him down a peg. And I think everybody kind of refocused now, now that they are got bounced out of the playoffs and like, whoa. Maybe we had the Blazers on for a little bit, but LeBron is still the best NBA player in the NBA right now. Like what? Did I just hear that right? Look, you can cut all the tapes. I never said LeBron wasn't the best player. I've had my reasons for disliking him, but you know, I, I, I'm saying that right now. Like I, I you know feel like we call that, finally. Bro? You know, we call that somebody that just hates, bro. We call I'm not him, hating. I'm not hating. We call him like, an op. You're an op, dude. That's op energy all day, bro. We don't need that. We don't want Whatever. that. Bro. But see, just, okay. so I'm not jumping on the bandwagon. But anyways, that's what you I'm should. Saying. What I'm saying is you should. Like all I'm, all I'm saying is LeBron, just like look, LeBron never like... came here. Here's the thing, dude. Like I feel like Stephen A. Smith trying to talk to his little sister Max <laughs> Kellerman right now, dude. But LeBron never came here and says, "This is my franchise. I'm taking over. All you guys got to kiss my ring. I'm wearing the crown." LeBron's never said that, bro. LeBron came here knowing that he's not royalty. He's not Laker royalty. He knew that from the jump. Like, he calls himself King James, but that carries him. He's not saying the king of L.A. He's never said that. But he came here saying, like, yo, I'm going to bring a chip to people who deserve, to the ones who uh, I'm winning the chip for. That's Kobe. That's for the Jerry Buss. That's for the fans. Like, I ride with LeBron. I love LeBron and and. And the way that he the the attitude and the swagger that he brings to the team because he's never once said like this is my team. But he, here's the thing, dude. I feel like you always associate like my hate for just LeBron himself. I've said this a million times. You can go back to all the podcasts. 
it's not so much that I hate LeBron, the player or the person. I just hate the fans. Like I just I can't stand them. They're irritating. <sighs> to to me, they're to me they're on par with Cowboys fans. Um, what fans but, are you talking about? The ones who like feel entitled to everything because they're LeBron fans. Exactly, or that he can do no wrong, and that oh, it's not the being the best is not about rings anymore. Bro, it's like, just about okay, stats. Bro, here's the thing. And, here's the thing. Nah, 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 nah. You got to twist it because like. Those are the people that followed him from team to team. That's who you're talking about. Like, I didn't like LeBron when he was in Cleveland because he was, like, every day I realized, like, oh, it's no longer my team's league. It's LeBron's team's league. But once LeBron came here, I'm just like, yo. You know what? It's the fans that do this. Like, I saw somebody post the other day on Instagram, the the all-LeBron team, which was Kyrie Irving, Dwayne Wade, LeBron, Anthony Davis, and Chris Bosh. And then I think to myself, this is the same guy that would say LeBron never had help. That that starting five right there, I mean, obviously that they were not ever on the same team together, but the fact that he had he played with all these guys, Kyrie Irving, not even in his prime, ascending into his prime. But name a team. that was still like name in his team. prime with name Chris Bosh. Name a team 2000 and up that won a championship from the 2000s and up that didn't have a substantial amount no, of well, superstar but, power. But, he, on but here's the thing. My argument is not that, okay, you have to win without a superstar. That's not my argument because obviously I'm a big Kobe fan and he needed Shaq and he had he had Pau Gasol. I'm not saying you don't need that, that help, but it's just the fans that make LeBron look like he did everything by himself all the time. He never had any help. He never had any help. I'm like, what are you What are you talking about? He, yeah. he did he did he not team up with Chris Bosh and Dwayne Wade and I win hate, two titles? Listen, bro, I hate. Did he Indiana not have Kevin? Too. Did he not have Kevin Love and Kyrie Irving to win another title? Like, I get it. He didn't do a lot when he didn't have when he didn't have his guys. Chris, and, hear me out. Hear me but, out, dude. I, I see what you're saying. I think it's absolutely ridiculous, but you can't hold that against LeBron, dude. Hold it against his fans. I know exactly which fans you're talking about. Those people in the world that they don't, they just don't get it. Like, they, I don't even think they watch basketball. They just watch LeBron highlights. You know, I'm like, thinking of a person. I'm thinking of a person. I think you know exactly what I'm thinking of when I think of LeBron fans. I think of like the face of LeBron fans. I'm yeah, thinking of someone I, you that know, I'm just I know like, who you. I know exactly who you're talking about, and I don't like. The, I don't like those kind of fans either. <laughs> but what I'm saying is, what I'm saying is, dude, like LeBron's a Laker. And LeBron's goal right now is to bring a chip to our squad. And I've said it. I've now said it. his I'm, squad. I'm supporting him now that he's a Laker because I'm obviously a Laker fan. So it's about uh, time you said that, dude. Let's move on. Let's move and, but on. that, but that's also why I said this. I, I'm happy that that the Clippers lost and that the Lakers are playing Denver for this reason. And you can you can you know tell me what you want. You can uh, be mad at what I'm about to say, but. And I'm going to say this from the jump. Even if the Clippers made it to the to the Western Conference Finals, I thought the Lakers were going to beat them. Just like I think the Lakers are going to beat Denver. But at least this way, if by some, you know, stroke of like, I don't know, just that Denver's just on this Cinderella run and they beat the Lakers, at least the narrative will be Denver, Cinderella story beats both LA teams to get to the finals. Because if the Clippers were to, were to have made it and beat the Lakers, you know what the narrative would have been. Kawhi uh, dethrones LeBron, King, King of, of LA, King of LA, yeah. Kai, right, right, uh, Kawhi, right. and then Clippers are the new 
are the new, um, you know, LA team, whatever. Because I guarantee whatever LA team would have made to the finals this year is going to win. I don't see any of the Eastern Conference teams beating um, the West. Even honestly, I think even if Denver makes it, I don't think anyone's going to anyone's going to beat anyone coming out of the West. But, so, so with that being said, though, with that being said, because everybody, like all three of these teams, like, I mean, I don't want to say it, bro, because you just never know. You just never know. But I, I can't help but explore this narrative because of the fact that this isn't the turnout that we all expected. Number one, is LeBron off the hook? Like, what I mean by that is, is LeBron's legacy, like, does LeBron have anything else to prove because he didn't take the hard path? Because naturally, naturally, when you talk about the elements of the world, they always take the path of least resistance, right? But in basketball, yeah. you can't. You take whatever whatever obstacles in your way. You can't just be like, oh, you know what? I feel like playing the weaker team. That doesn't happen. Whatever the better team wins, you that's who you face. But no, I, I will I'll say this. He he still does have something to prove in in me saying that he has to win the finals. But I will say this. I give him credit for the fact that he went to the West because everybody all his career, and I was one of these guys that said, I'll admit it, that I'm like, he's played his entire career in the East. The East has never been that competitive. It's been more competitive in recent years, but I'm like, you know, a lot of these teams, LeBron steamrolled. So I I would say, I'm like, if LeBron was in the West, he wouldn't have gone to all these finals. Hey, I'll, I'll say this all right now. He shut me up. He went to the West. He went to the Lakers. He, he got his team together. He got his players. And then he ended up, look at this year. He is healthy. They're number one in the West. And then I, I won't say that, oh, well, he took the path of least resistance because I'm like, look, he delivered on his end and he got to the Western Conference Finals. It's not his fault the Clippers didn't. Because yeah, that, was, bro, that was the match that I everybody can, was waiting to see. I can understand if he was like – like James Harden and Westbrook were like, you know what? Now nah, we're not gonna. It's cool. It's cool. Like Westbrook built his name in the West because name another player. I mean, going back to the Kobe days, like the 2010, like he's been in the league for what 14 years or 11 years or something like that. He's been in the league for for 11 years since 2009. Okay, or whatever year. I'm my math's probably trash right now, but. You think about it, he's been able to build his name. But, I mean, dude, he's like a Charles Barkley. He's physical. He's athletic. But he's just not – honestly, I don't think he – I mean, he's great. He, I mean, he's good, but I don't think he's great, right? You think about Harden. Like, these guys haven't surpassed. Like, like the, the fact of the – but the fact of the matter is that they are good. There's no doubt about it. Damian Lillard, CJ McCollum, they're all good. He had like LeBron and Anthony, the Lakers had to face the best of the best in the West. You think about all the other teams, like it's not like they had to power through the Jazz and power through the Dallas Mavericks. Luca's Luca's good, don't get me wrong. But yeah. but again, you can argue like, okay, well, Portland, they were they were the eight seed, but yeah, dude, at like that was that, that was a lot of foozies there. A lot of things happen. They're easily the third team in the West. Easily. Yeah. Um, you know, they, they didn't have to 
they didn't have to square him around. Okay, see, okay, it's it's Paul George. I mean, not um, Paul George, Chris Paul. It's Chris Paul. It's a big deal. You know what I mean? They played the best of the best in the West, minus the Clippers. But Clippers clearly proved after two nights ago's game or last night's game or whatever night that was, they clearly proved that they were not top tier in the West. They were – I asked you this question in a text message before, and let's answer this here on the podcast. Between the 3-1 loss of the Clippers and the 3-1 loss of the Warriors, which one's worse? Uh, honestly, it's no question. It's the, it's the Warriors. Because, look, I will say this. The reason why I feel like a lot of people are, are obviously jumping on the Clippers for losing this 3-1 series is because, they, like I said, they came into the season super confident, like, we're that team, we're those guys, you know, like, we, we don't care about LeBron and whatever he's doing. We're going to come in here and we're going to we're gonna dominate. Like, they, they pretty much, like, basically said before the season, pencil us in, in, the, in the finals because we're going to dethrone the Lakers. Like, so it's more embarrassing on their end and, like, look, you guys got too cocky, whatever. For me, the reason why the Warriors 3-1 losses won, it was in the finals. They blew that in the finals. Like, that... That to me, I've always said I'd rather lose before the finals than lose in the finals, um, because nobody counts your losses that much in the playoffs. People count your losses in the finals. Obviously, look at LeBron, but um, like it, yeah, you just can't blow that lead in in the finals. Because look, Kobe's done it. Kobe's blown a three-one lead in the playoffs, and yeah, it, it's a kind of a blemish on his resume. But no one's like, dang, I can't believe he blew that. Like, you know, in the finals, but. Steph Curry, that team, especially since they're coming, they were a 73-win team, you know. And at that point, they, the Warriors were kind of not in the same way, like, but they were confident in themselves. They were feeling themselves because um, they had just won the chip the year before. They won 73 games. They, they were they looked unstoppable. They did. They were playing a new brand of basketball that a lot of the NBA wasn't keeping up with yet. They were just burying threes all day. So you saw them during the regular season, like, clowning people, Steph Curry shooting shots and turning around and running down the quarter before it goes in, high-fiving his teammates before. Like, he was just, like, clowning the NBA, which I'm like, hey, if he was doing what he did, you know, he won the MVP, um, won ne- pretty much never lost. Um, so, yeah, like, it, it kind of humbled them, too. And obviously they had to go and get KD because they're just like, crap, you know? Um, so to me, it, the loss in the finals, it, it hurts way more. Um, to me, the 3-1 blow uh, for the Clippers is just, it's embarrassing. It's more embarrassing than anything else. So I'm going to, I I appreciate your take, but I'm going to have to disagree, Max Kellerman, because <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to disagree. And the reason why is because of the utter embarrassment like, yeah, you made it to the finals and you blew a 3-1 lead in the finals. That other team did not make it to the finals because of a floozy, bro. They made it there because they're dope, too. Right? And so you got Kyrie, LeBron James, both, like, scored 41 points in that final game. I think it was game... Uh, hold on. Uh, actually, it was the first game, I believe. I- I'm not sure, dude, or that. Game seven, they scored 41 points a pop. Um, no, actually, hold on. I'm looking at my stats right now. <clears throat> there, there was one one of the games, Kyrie and LeBron both scored 41 points. They literally, they fought till the bitter end on that. And that's why I think that, yeah, 3-1 lead, 
yeah, that that sucks that you blew that lead. Um, but that goes to show that nobody's safe. You did blow a lead. You did lose to the team. That was their 88th win. That first game that they won was their 88th win of the season, dude. That literally surpassed the record set by the Chicago Bulls years ago. But at the same time, like you did not just get to the Western Conference or to the to the uh, NBA Finals because you coasted there, dude. You had to. You got there because you were you were good too. And the fact of the matter is, they fought till the bitter end. And it's LeBron. It's literally LeBron. I think that this Clippers loss is way worse because of the narrative. They set themselves up for all the hatred they got these last couple of days over social media, over the television media. They set themselves up for this. Because they did not just lose a couple points, lose those games. They blew inter-game leads. They blew leads within the game. 20 points, 16 points, 16 points. Like the uh, coach uh, Malone said so himself. Once my team's down by 16, I know that's when we're ready. To me, that scares me. Like, at the same time, that, that's what I'm saying. Th- these teams, um, the Denver Nuggets, like, they straight bullied the Clippers, dude. Uh, Kawhi Leonard's last game, he scored four points in the second half. Which is absurd. That you're gonna come, you're gonna that's that's what you get from your leader, like the leader of your team. LeBron James was averaging um, like high amounts of assists and rebounds, and it's no wonder why he came back. Like we know why he came back to win that series versus the versus the Warriors because he played his butt off. Kawhi Leonard, this this loss is worse because he had a lot to prove. He took on that pressure that normally is LeBron's. Kawhi Leonard had three choices when. Um, when he won that finals, when he won that finals in Toronto, choice number one was to stay with a young team with two rising all stars, Pasquale Siakam and uh, Van Vliet, um, and a great coach, by the way, Nick Nurse. He had and a, and a team and a city that stood behind him and was sad to see him go. Coming off a of Finals MVP, coming off one of the best buzzer beaters we've ever seen, he had a legacy to be built in Toronto. If if Kawhi Leonard was in Toronto. There's no doubt in my mind that he would still be in the playoffs right now. Option number- Oh, yeah, without question. <clears throat> yeah. Well, let me let me just show you this stat real quick, just because you're talking about the Raptors. Okay. Um, when Kawhi in game four against Milwaukee last year, he needed help to beat yeah. Milwaukee. Let me show you some stats here. Serge Ibaka, 17 points, 13 rebounds. Kyle Lowry, 25 points, five rebounds, six assists. Marcus Gasol, 17 um Points, five rebounds, seven assists. Um, then you got Van Fleet, 13 points, six rebounds. Um, and Fred in game five against the Bucks. That was those were his stats. Yeah. And Kyle and Fred in game six of the finals. Uh, oh, and then Pascal Siakam, 26 and 10 in the finals clincher. And then the Clippers, game seven, you know what their excuse was? We're wow. tired. Mm-hmm. We, they, we, were, we were too tired. Uh, we, we were running out of gas. I'm like, and that's why. That's what I'm saying. So you take it back, like, again, option one, stay where he was at. He was in a great system, great situation. Option number two was what everyone almost thought he was going to do, which was join LeBron. And why is that something that, okay, for a guy who hates the limelight, why do you want to take all? Option number one, stay with Toronto. Option number two, go to the Lake Show. And the the the, uh, the beauty about going to the Lake Show was the fact that 
um, was the fact that you could have been on a team where literally LeBron's going to carry all that responsibility, right? And LeBron's going to carry literally all the responsibility, whether you win, lose, or tie. Second in line is your second best player, which is going to be Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis will take that responsibility. You you put that responsibility three ways, and let's be real. Out of all those guys, if the Lakers would have got to the finals and lost, who's going to take the most heat? True. It would have been LeBron. But here's the thing. I don't know. Hold, hold on, hold on, hold on. It would have been LeBron, right? Yes. All right. If they would have lost, it would have been LeBron. If they would have won, who would have got all the all the clout? It would have been just the big three, Kawhi, LeBron, and and they would have they would have said they were stacked. They would have said all the narrative would have gone towards that. But again, is all the pressure still on Kawhi? No. But here's the thing. Look, I'm not mad at Kawhi not going to Lakers. Would I have been like cool? Because it would have been. I'm glad a, he did. It would it would have been a walk in the park to get to the finals, no question. But I do respect the fact that he was like, you know what? No, I don't want to build a super team or like that kind of super team. He still got Paul George, which you know, I'm not saying a super team, but he got he got his help. Um, but well, see, I do I do respect the fact that he wanted to you know go against the grain and be like I'm, and that's why a lot of people were excited about this year because it's like the NBA was such like a leveled playing field at this point right. because had had Kawhi gone to the Lakers, it would have been just like it'd like great you know, everybody else would have been like great the Lakers are just gonna fly through the NBA. But um, my question was why didn't he just stay where he was at? Well, because that's the thing he always wanted to get back to LA. Um, uh, I think he I think he always knew all along. That he wanted to go to the Clippers, but he just was, you know, trying to like weigh his options. Um, I don't think the Raptors were ever a realistic, you know, place where he wanted to stay. Um, especially because I feel like he got influenced a lot by his family. I think his uncle's his manager, and his whole family's from LA, so I'm pretty sure he was like feeding him, you know, like come back to come back home, play in LA. Um, and and honestly, if you really think about it, his situation in LA. Was super good. They should have gone to the to the Western Conference Finals at least. You know, he they had a good team around him already in in uh, the Clippers. You know, they had a lot of pieces. You have Lou Williams, uh, Montrez Harrell, Pat, Pat Bev, um, Shamit. You had Zubak. You had a lot of like the team was good, and they needed guys like Paul George and Kawhi to like put him over the top. But obviously, you know, the, the team right now is blaming it on the fatigue and. They didn't have chemistry with one another, but I'm like, Trash. you know, that that's just that's a, that's a lame excuse, and if that's that's your excuse, that you have only yourself to blame because when you're just taking, you know, because everybody was like praising Kawhi oh, load management because he's just saving himself for the playoffs. Well, when you're on a new team and you don't know your teammates and you don't know how they play, I don't, do you can you afford to be taking games off? I don't think so. And then here's another thing: people say and that's oh, probably what took from their chemistry. Imagine being all these guys who have to work their butt off, who's trying to work their butt off. And you have a, a guy who is your supposed leader, you know what I mean? Like, who doesn't talk. Like, yeah. the guy's near well, you. He, well, here's my thing, too. Like, people that that are kind of defending the Clippers using that excuse, like, oh, well, it's because, you know, they didn't have, like, good chemistry. Um, if you look at the Lakers, who on this team, besides LeBron, JaVale McGee, were on this team last year with LeBron, uh, maybe Kuzma. KCP and Kuzma, but you he Arisa. had he had to learn how to play with AD. He had to learn how to play with Dwight. You right. know, like he had he there. Yeah, this team was not the same team they had last year. 
Exactly. So New coach. They, they had to, you know, learn as well. So yeah. that's why I feel like um, I thought the, the eight bubble games, at least before the playoffs, mm. the seeding games were big because, yeah, they, they rested by like the last couple of games. But LeBron and AD played in a lot of those games where they had already clinched because, you know, they knew they needed to get reps in. They knew they needed to play together. But I don't feel like I feel like Kawhi just thought, you know, we're good enough. When we get there, we'll get there. That's right. what that. That's kind of how I felt the Clippers like approach this whole season. Yeah, it's crazy to see how everything played out. Um, I do think again, Kawhi, man. Yeah, he got the influence. He got every, I, you know, I, I don't know. That's all he said. She said nothing was really set in stone. Um, if he was enticed to come to LA, um, I, I don't recall seeing that. So I don't know if you're lying to me, bro. All the highness. <laughs> but what I'm saying is, you know, you what when it comes to uh I this is a more embarrassing loss um because of the fact that they got bullied by a team that no one was sweating at all. The number three team in the West. Um Jokic is a beast. Uh I don't LeBron, I mean not LeBron, Kawhi was like third at best on the best players on the floor during this series. You know and, what though, I will say this. Let's I mean, I feel like we're talking about Denver like they're they're a bunch of scrubs. Let's put some respect on Denver, man. They they showed up this postseason, and you know, Jokic. They, they did show J- up. Jokic. Everybody already knew like Jokic was, you know, the all star of that team. But Jamal but, Murray. I feel like a lot of people thought he was good. Nobody thought he was this good. He put himself on the map, and oh, yeah, you know, definitely. um, he's he's putting himself in that conversation of you know, like, I, I'm I'm here to say I'm I'm a superstar. I'm not just an all star. Right. But so so what I'm saying is what I'm saying to you is like who uh, like wh- where does Kawhi Leonard r- rank at best on every player on that team or every player in that series? What I'm saying is number 1 is Jokic. That's that was by hands down the best player in that series. Number 2 Jamal Murray, number 3 at best. At yeah, best at, at best is yes. Kawhi Leonard. Yeah. Um, so, and then you, you have a case for, uh, who is it? Smith. Um, I forgot his name, the other guy, but, and then you have freaking backboard P. So like that, there was, I mean, t- let's wrap up NBA. Cause I know you want to talk a lot about uh, football coming up, but, um, uh, two things. Number one, um, Stephen A. Smith reported, he came out and reported that, uh, Dwight Howard or, uh, Playoff P, Paul George is, is is in danger of becoming the next Dwight Howard. What's your take on that? Um, I, I don't think so. I honestly, I don't. I feel like, look, I feel look. I res I respect Stephen A. a lot. I agree with him a lot of times, but sometimes he says some things where I'm like, dude, what the hell? Straight babas. Yeah, like you, you're you're talking out of some part of your body that's not your mouth. But I'm just like, here's the thing. It's because I feel like. So. He, I feel like he's just saying that the reason why I feel like Dwight Howard took such a big fall was because Dwight Howard was like a superstar. He was the the main guy on on Magic. He got them to the finals. He was a three time um, Defensive Player of the Year. Um, you know, he, he single like I said, single handedly got his team to the finals. He was the guy. Paul George has never been that guy. He's right. never been the main guy on a team. The way I see Paul George to me is like um, Bradley Beal or um, DeMar DeRozan 
or like uh I'd rather have those two. But <laughs> yeah, and and you know what, you could be right, but that's the thing yeah. what I'm saying is you you have in the NBA you have your superstars, your best of the best top tier LeBron, AD, Steph Curry, um Giannis. Yeah, you those are your guys. Those are your top tier guys. Then you have like your your all-stars. They're not superstars. They're not scrubs. They're not average. But they're guys that you'll see in the all-star game because they're good enough. But you're not depending on these guys to win you championships. You're not going to build your team around this one guy. That's why I'm like, I'll never say he can. That's why I feel like Dwight Howard fell from grace so fast is because he was that guy. He was When he came out and he was dominating with the Magic, everyone's like, he's the next Shaq. We haven't seen a guy like this since Shaq. Defensive player. He's so athletic. Um, but then I feel like people kind of just didn't see that the time that Dwight Howard had no kind of offensive game whatsoever. But that team was built in a way that you feed Dwight Howard the ball, the defense collapses, he dishes out to Turkaloo or uh, Rashad Lewis, Rashad Lewis, and you know they're burying threes. Jameer Nelson. So he had three pointers, three point snipers around him. JJ Redick, but that's why he fell so hard. To me, I don't think that's that he's ever going to be. Uh, even if Paul George falls off and just like never plays that great ever in his life, I don't think we can compare him to that because he was never that guy. He was never the main guy. Even when he was in Oklahoma City, he was putting up great numbers. And I think that's why he thrives in that in that like B role because he doesn't have that pressure on him. He's he pretty much he's pretty much saying, I'm just here to help. What I do is icing on top of my captain's like cake, basically. Like whatever Kawhi does, and I put in work, people are like, "Cool, he put in that work. That's just extra." I'm just, I'm here to help, but I don't think he's ever been that guy. He he was good um, because he's he always stood out on the teams that he played for because they weren't the best teams to begin with, you know. Especially with the Pacers, he really made a name for himself with the Pacers, and again, um, he he started to show out really with a better coach in Frank Vogel. Um, you know, and so I, there's there's players up in Sacramento that he reminds me of. Um, Buddy Healed, for one. Um, you know, like decent, like uh, the yeah, Buddy Healed. Who's their other player? Um, I'm not a Sacramento Kings fan. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know, to go back to uh, to go back to uh, what's his name? Um, what you were saying? Oh, De'Aaron Fox. So, I mean, two different players, but I, I, what I, two different positions. But I'm talking in terms of their roles on the teams. Like, yeah, they're good players, but and and I will, I owe an apology to a lot of people because I was just like, dude, we we can tear it up with Paul George if he came to the Lakers. Like, remember when he was in the free agency and I was talking all this crazy nonsense, <laughs> and I see it now. I text somebody this morning. I text my brother-in-law this morning and said, look, man, I owe you an apology for saying that. You know, Paul George was somebody that we should have caught to the Lakers because clearly the guy's not clutch. Clearly the the guy's well, not that superstar. Well, see, here's the thing. Honestly, had he been with the Lakers, I think it would have worked out because he he wouldn't. All he would have to do is score, and LeBron, you know, you, you to sit in the corner and hit threes. Because when when Paul George is right, he's really good. I'm not trying to like diminish his game at all, but that's the thing. You can't put everything on him. Like when Kawhi wasn't having a good game, I can't depend on you to pick me up, Paul George. But 
with with playing with someone like LeBron, like I feel like he would have probably flourished a little bit more because he likes taking the back seat. He just sit in the corner and hit threes, and that's all. Just defend and hit threes. But I feel like what happened with him and the Clippers is that when Kawhi had bad nights. People were like, "All right, Paul, you're up. You're, you're our guy." And he was like, uh, "I don't know that I want to be that guy." Um, so I maybe think that he thought I'm going to come in here and be a, just a backup to Kawhi. But I think Kawhi thought me and you are going to be come come here as equals, and we're going to share the load. But right, right. If, if you're play if you're playing with LeBron, you know that LeBron's taking the the heavier of the load, and you're just there to help. That's 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 established right in the beginning, um, which. Um, I feel like I feel like LeBron tried to to stop that narrative in the beginning of this year saying oh I'm going to I'm going to let the offense run through AD and but I'm like at the end of the day you're LeBron everybody knows that you're carrying most of this team right now no matter what it it all falls on your shoulders LeBron so I feel like that that would have helped Paul George a little bit more in knowing that he's not you know, supposed to be the guy on this team. But I mean, hey, whatever. I'm happy we got AD. I'm happy with the team Lakers have. So I'll, I'll let the Clippers just burn down again like they did with Chris Paul and everybody thought the Clippers were going to take over LA. Um, I like seeing that there's no banners in, in Staples Center that say Clippers on it. So I'm cool. I'll leave it at that. Yeah, man. Uh, again, you know, going back to what Stephen A. Smith said, um, let, let's just be real. Playoff P, he choked. He sucked this whole this whole entire series. Um, he had he came back. Everyone questioned his legitimacy from from game one. Uh, pretty much in this whole entire series, everybody thought that his gameplay was sus. That he looked lazy, he looked sloppy out there. He was taking stupid shots. He 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 was taking shots that like literally he doubted himself. And you know when players doubt themselves, they shoot that shot, and then they have that like weird pose where their hands still in the air and then. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. It looked like he had a series. So started when he finally came back and um, showed out for one of those games. People were like, "Okay, okay," you know, like playoff P's back. And he was just like, oh, "I was, I was depressed. I was anxious. I, being in the bubble, all this, all these things." And then all of a sudden, it's because he doesn't have any chemistry. It's because he doesn't have. They didn't have any chance to be together for a long time. Um, they weren't even intending to go all the way this year. It's not a championship or bus season for them. Uh, his legacy is forever shot based off of this. I personally think that this loss is way worse than the than the Warriors one. But um, I, I did. I, I I get what Stephen A. Smith is trying to say. Um, you know, a, a good player that fell off. But I don't think that playoff or pandemic P. I don't think that Paul George even deserves to be in that discussion of. Like, what are you trying to say when you say that Dwight Howard, you're gonna, you're in danger of becoming a Dwight Howard? Like you said, Dwight Howard was a, he went to the finals three times, bro. Three time, um, three times. Wait, did he go to the finals three times? No, no. He just went to the finals that year when he lost to Lakers. Oh yeah, one. Okay, defensive player of the year. Yeah, three times. defensive <laughs> DPOY three times. He went. He took his team to the finals. Kyle Kuzma said it the best, dude. Players just don't do that anymore. Like it, it takes a really, really. You're breathing right on the mic, dog. You sure you don't have COVID, Dachi? Um, try not to cough. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, you know when it when it, oh he got it, bro. Now, so when when you think, hey, do you good? Just got a little tickle in my throat. 
Oh my god, dude. I'm just kidding. Um yeah, that's that's what uh that's what, you know, like it to me it's a little it's a lot of blasphemy, man. Like there's really no way that you can even compare uh Paul George to Dwight Howard cuz Dwight Howard's on a whole nother level. Yeah, he fell off. I I think that Dwight Howard um wasn't put in in the best situations. He even he even said so himself like, "Look, I had to be humbled." He had to humble himself and he came to the Lakers and he's doing great. So, like I I see what Stephen A. Smith is trying to say. I just he chose the wrong player. In all honesty, yeah. man, he chose yeah, the wrong player. He he should have said he's he he could have said like he's in danger of becoming a Julius Randle. <laughs> you know what I mean? Someone who was good, someone who who hasn't won anything, hasn't won any championships, hasn't won really anything, but he puts up good numbers and you just don't hear about him anymore. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, so. And- and that's the thing. Honestly, I don't even think that he'll ever be that guy. I think he'll still always be a good player. But I just – that's the thing. We have to stop putting Paul George in this like – like he's a superstar. Elite. Because he's, he's not. He's not. He's not an elite player. He's not a superstar. He's a great player. But – because look what he did last year in OKC. He put up great numbers in the playoffs. But because nobody nobody was expecting him to, to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, like you said too – when he was with Indiana, no, at that time, no one was looking at Indiana to go to the finals to beat LeBron James. So he had no pressure on him. Mm-hmm. But, you know, obviously we, we know how those series ended. But so it is what it is. I, I, I have a, I, will, I have a, I will uh, say Fresno this. State. I have a Fresno State number 24 retired Paul George jersey, bro. You want it or what? Nah, I'm cool. Uh, <laughs> I, I will say this, though. You got, you doubted me on the pod when we had Aaron on here when I said don't sleep on the heat do not sleep on the heat I won't be surprised if they're right there playing Celtics in, in the Eastern Conference Finals nah nah it's gonna be the Bucks. it's gonna be the Bucks. who said that one of you guys said it but I told you don't sleep on Jimmy Butler you know they've only lost one game in the playoffs that that yeah. team is scary, man. If the Lakers play the Heat in the finals, that's scary. It is scary, man. Well, I think we uh, we covered a lot of the NBA. <laughs> There's a lot to talk about, man. There's probably going to be more that pops up later. But hey, game one tomorrow, Lakers. Yeah, let's get it, man. Um, so let's move on, man. What do you got for us with the NFL? Oh, man. NFL, NFL. We got some. I was going to run through the games, but we got some pretty big headlines coming out. I mean, first of all, I'll just say this. Happy that football is just back. Um, that's just facts, bro. You know, um, I was curious to see how weird it was going to be without fans and all this. I feel like it's not that different for us watching on TV. Um, I mean, I've heard some things from like interviews and players saying that when you're in the game, you don't really notice it. Um, Derek Carr said something interesting today that I kind of liked too. He said in an interview that they said like, "Oh, it's like playing without fans and stuff." He said, "You know, this is when you can tell the people who are here because they love the game and they just want to be out there playing, or the people that just do it because they like the praise." And so he's like, "We get hyped on our own guys. We get hyped on our sideline. You know, with um, all of us hyping each other up because we do it for our team." And so I'm like, "That's what I want to hear. I want to hear." 
that you guys are playing out there for your team. You don't, I mean, obviously you care about the fans, but you're not just doing it for the fans. Mm-hmm. But anyways, we'll get into some headlines here, man. Um, one thing I'll have to start off with, just because this was such a big, big topic coming into this year, Tom Brady struggles in his debut with the Bucks. man. Is, is this just, you know, him getting like adjusted to his new team? Is this, you know, age is catching up to him? Um, what is it? What, what, is this what we're going to see throughout the year? Uh, I'm going to tell you this, and this this might be a hot take. Um, but just, yeah, they lost game one. Who did they play again? Saints. They lost game one, but that first game right there might potentially still be um, the NFC Championship game. It's not a fluke, dude. It's, I mean, it, I mean, it might be a fluke, actually, is what I'm saying, because at the end of the day, there's one reason why you saw Tom Brady play sloppy and he's not, that's not him. That's not his nature. He, he didn't necessarily show his age. There was no lack of power. The one reason why they lost that game was because there's no preseason. dude. That's what it, to me, that's what it comes down to. There was zero preseason. There was zero chance to form a chemistry with your starting team. Yeah, you get your reps during practice, but you're playing against your own players, players that you get to watch every day. You're playing up against a defense that you don't know besides whatever you have on tape. And on True. top of that, on top Go of ahead. that, on top of that, there's a lot of different names, um, so, some different names on defense that they don't have tape on. So it it 100% had to do with the preseason, building the chemistry. I don't think that this is the fall of Tom Brady. I think come week two, week three, they bounce back, and um, we're going to see the vintage Tom Brady tearing up the league, um, just like what we all expected in the beginning. Look, I hope you're right, because I drafted him in fantasy. But I will just say this. Everybody had the same set of circumstances. Everybody, nobody had a preseason. It's not like, it's like oh, just the Bucks didn't have a preseason. Everybody came into this year exactly the same. So I don't like to use that excuse, because I could say the same thing when we, when we went to the NBA bubble. Everybody had the same set of circumstances. Everybody was off, you know, so <clears throat> I'm not going to I'm not going to really validate that excuse. But I will say this, man. I feel like and <clears throat> don't get me wrong. Tom Brady is a great quarterback. Probably going to be the greatest quarterback of all time and when it's all said and done, unless Pat Mahomes, you know, he's on a trajectory to eventually pass Tom Brady. But that's a different story for a different time. Tom Brady, I feel like, is going to show us that what we what I've said for a long time. Bill Belichick had a system around him that made him look really, really good. Not saying he wasn't good, but he tailored that system around Tom Brady, which helped. And they fit like a glove. They they both fit perfectly. And I feel like Tom Brady wanted to leave there to prove to to all every NFL fan that look, it wasn't just Bill Belichick. I'm just as big a piece to this thing <clears throat> than he is. But after what I saw in that game, what was his, what were his stats? 239 yards, two interceptions, two touchdowns, um, 63% of his passes. I guess that's not terrible, but I mean. Excuse me, hold up. <coughs> Man. Just got a cough. Um, but I don't know. I just I'm not saying he's gonna he's gonna have the most terrible season of his career, 
but I just, I don't know that. I said this before. I even said this. I think I said this in a podcast recently when I said that the Saints are going to win this division. I don't know that they're even going to make the playoffs. I don't. I, I don't have that much faith in Tom Brady. Um, I could be wrong. They could totally rebound after this game. But what I what I, I watched that game um, from start to finish, and I just I didn't see Tom Brady looking comfortable. Uh, I didn't see him looking like like Tom Brady normally does. So I don't know. I I just to me I think this year I think he'll have a, a decent year. I'll put up decent numbers. I just don't think people guys. I I thought I think people thought he was going to come into this year with the Bucks with all these weapons and be like he's going to just light up the NFL. I I don't see that happening. I'm sorry. I don't. But on the flip side of that, Patriots roll without Tom Brady. Is Cam Newton the answer, or is this just Bill Belichick being Bill Belichick? I I think it's both. I, I you know like what 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 uh, Cam Newton had in in Carolina um, really was. The, there was a lot to be said about that, but I mean, there's no denying that. Bill Belichick, of course, is one of the greats when it comes to a football offensive mind. Um, no doubt. But, I mean, we'll be dumb. We'll be stupid to say, like, yeah, Tom Brady's just going to leave leave, um, leave New England and just be like, uh, okay. You know, like, dude, he's going to stick to his ways. And he's going to stick to a lot of the things that he was taught in New England. No doubt about it. I'm sure um, not just knowing the kind of – life coaches probably face he probably saw tape of tom brady and be like yo i taught him that i taught him that i taught him that i taught him that whether he he'll probably never admit it and tom brady will never admit it but tom brady's able to do it and physically bill belichick's not so i i think that he brought a lot of what he knows over there i'm sure he sat down and be like yo this is what worked in new england let's why do you think they brought back gronk why do you think they brought in um, Edelman? Wait, is Edelman there? No, Edelman's not there. I think he's still with the Patriots. Oh, yeah, that's right. Um, but, yeah, they brought in Gronk, you know, to help teach that offense. There's no doubt in my mind that they're going to do things similarly different. There's, you know what I mean? Like, yo, this is this worked where we were at. And, again, the lack of a preseason is the reason why you're seeing a team that um, – you, you saw a loss in week one, but week one, dude, there's so much more football left. Um, there's so much more time to build that chemistry. Um, you know, he still has his two great receivers, and then he has Leonard Fournette over there. They have a stacked defense. I mean, offense, there's no reason why that, that team should not make the playoffs. And I think that this week one was a fluke. I, I, I will, we will see them again come back and, and be in the playoffs this year. There's no doubt in my mind about that. Well, yeah, honestly, I just feel like the Patriots, they're just that – Bill Belichick, man. Like, what can you say? Like, the the Patriots have always been good. They, they were a good defensive team last year. They lose Tom Brady and they replace him with a former MVP in Cam Newton, which I'm like, how did you not expect them to be good? I know, I know people are, are hating on Cam Newton. Like, oh, he didn't put up, a, a, like, great – stats because he only had like 155 yards passing he had 75 yards rushing and a touchdown like you know so i feel like you know this is his first game back after after injury ridden season 
you know, cut him some slack. He got him the win. That I mean, what else do you want? Um, but so so the other thing too, bro. Look 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 who they played, bro. Okay, but this is not the excuse that people were giving Tom Brady when he played in that division for all those years. Yeah, but no, no nobody said, "Oh, well, look who Tom Brady." No, they just said, "Look how many divisions Tom Brady's okay. winning." Let's put it this way, okay? You got one zero touchdowns, so they were shut down in the whole first quarter. The Patriots were um, no touchdowns at all. One touchdown in in the rest of each quarter. Okay, um, you look at uh, let's see. Um, you look at their defense or their offensive receiving um, on the, let's see, the Dolphins side. You had, I mean, pretty significant Matt Breida, five carries for 22 yards. That's a 4.4 average. Gaskin, nine yards, nine carries for 40 yards. That's a that's a 4.4 average as well. 191 yards through the air with three interceptions. The Patriots, okay, you have Cam Newton, no touchdowns, no interceptions, 155 yards, 15 for 19. Okay, he had two rushing touchdowns. Sonny Michelle had one rushing touchdown. Edelman, everybody was at zero. I mean, he threw the ball around um, decently. Edelman, 57 yards. Harry, 39 yards. Um, Jay White, 30 yards. One one pass to Izzo for 25 yards. The defense played well. Um, you know, you got three picks in that whole in that whole uh, defensive play. But again, it's up against the Dolphins. Okay, you have you have the Dolphins. I think when everything's said and done, um, Brady's gonna have a better, way better season than the Patriot or the. The um, the Buccaneers are going to have a way better season than the Patriots when everything's all said and done. I don't agree with that. I don't. I'm sorry. Um, I think that the Patriots have a real shot at winning this division, and the Bucks don't have a shot of winning their division. Um, I'll leave it at that. I've told you before. I don't think I, I I'm really doubting that Bucks are even going to make the playoffs. But I want to get into the next topic because. We got some beef a while ago, and we, we've talked about them before because we didn't talk about the Niners, and we have some listeners who gave us, you know, an earful about not talking about the Niners. So I'm more than happy to talk about the Niners this week. Um, and I remember we said – I said this in a couple weeks ago when we talked about the Niners. I said, don't sleep on the Cardinals. I was like, this could be a game that they can lose because I feel like everybody was just assuming that, oh, we made it to the Super Bowl last year, so we're just going to make it right back to the Super Bowl. But how often does that happen? You lose your bowl and get right back. Not very often. So <laughs> the Cardinals, man, they came out and look, I'm not I'm still not jumping on Kyler Murray's hype train. But I mean he's proving that he he's no schmuck, man. Like he's here to stay. Um he he proved it out there. He's mobile, um, got the ball out. And you know what? I love that. Arizona just featured Hopkins so much. Just like was there what do you have like 14, 14 um receptions for like over like 150 yards, I think, and a touchdown. I'm like, dude, th- and that's what they wanted. They wanted a weapon for Kyler Murray. Unfortunately, yeah. that couldn't be Larry Fitzgerald because Larry Fitzgerald, if this was Larry Fitzgerald of maybe five to eight years ago, then yeah, then he would have been that guy. But yeah, 
I still think Larry Fitzgerald is still dangerous, but if anything, he's a great compliment to DeAndre Hopkins. Mm -hmm. I still look at at the Texans and wonder why the heck they got rid of him in the first place. But I'm sure Arizona's super thankful about it. Uh, so I think I don't do I think Arizona's gonna win that division? No, because you still have to get through Seattle, who I think is gonna win the division and go to Super Bowl. But at least this year, Arizona's gonna put themselves on the map. They're not gonna be a team that you're gonna look at and be like, "Oh, this is an easy dub on our schedule." Yeah, this is this is a team that you know you have you have to take seriously. And well, I think that maybe the Niners didn't think about think that going into this game because, like I said, yeah. a lot of people were thinking Niners are just get, they're a good team. They'll get back to the playoffs. But yeah. I told you this division it's not it's not as easy as it looks. Yeah. So the thing about this when you look at the stats the 49ers one thing that i think is very suspect dude is um you had about 100 yards rushing maybe like 150 yards total rushing yards on that entire team um you have 15 16 17 18 19 20 21 22 23 24 25 um total carries okay and they got zero touchdowns zero None on their rushing end um, for the for the Niners, right? You have um, their receiving yards were pretty high. Mostert, um, he had a receiving touchdown. So, I mean, I think that their their running game was weak. Obviously, um, they let they, their run defense was weak. They let Kyler Murray drop ninety one yards on them, um, and he rushed for four for double the yardage that. Niners, you know, their number one running back rushed for. Um, again, you and I both said that we both agree that Arizona is gonna, gonna, um, gonna be a better team than the Niners. And, and honestly, the Garoppolo hype is definitely not real. Um, I don't think he's behind a good O line this year. He got sacked three times, um, during that whole entire, I mean, he had a decent passer rating. Um, it, it's just to me like th this. This wasn't a team that showed out in week one that we were all afraid of uh, for the whole entire season. It's it, it was a team that you know you they boasted a defense, they boasted an offense. They, I mean, we all thought that their quarterback was sus, but the the rest of the team was pretty stinking good. Um, but to go out like that against uh, a team that if anybody's trying to figure out their roles on the team, it's the it's the Cardinals. You know what I mean? They have Kyler Murray, who's coming into his second year. They have um, Kenyon Drake, uh, Edmonds. They have Hopkins, who's brand new to the team. Fitzgerald, who they're they're still trying to figure out how good he still is. Um, and to come back and beat the former Super Bowl champs, who should have all the chemistry in the world, and um, and beat them, but not just beat them, but let their quarterback have a, a field day on them. 91 yeah. yards rushing um how, how many how many uh he got 230 yards through the air a touchdown yeah he threw an interception but everything else kind of made up for it um he had a rushing touchdown as well he had a lower passer rating than garoppolo but again a lot of it was because he was taking it on his feet they had a game plan their game plan of course shut down your wide receivers because those are the biggest and best players on the team uh, with DeAndre Hopkins and, and Larry Fitzgerald, they're some of the best players on the team. They're not sweating their they're obviously they're not sweating their halfback. 
Yeah. But at the end of the day, it wasn't his legs they had to worry about. It was Kyler Murray's legs they had to worry about. And they did not, they could not put a cap on it. And so for me, it, it goes to show. And remember when, remember when I was, I was, you were just like, oh, yeah, well, San Francisco, they couldn't go 4 and 0 to begin the season because look at their, look who they play. And I said, I told you, I was like, yeah, you know, I agree. But at the same time, like, I just don't think they're going to come back with that same hype. Week one, they play the Cardinals. That's a loss. Week two, they play the Jets. At this point, who knows? Maybe they'll catch heat. Week four, so so far they're 0-1. Week four, they'll, I don't know, man. I, I think when you look at their, their schedule, it is a fairly easy schedule. They play the Cardinals twice. They play the Cowboys, Bills. Well, Bills probably kill them. Um, Rams are 1-0. They beat the, the – they play the Saints – they play the Packers. Um, I, man, it, it's really hard for me to say because I, I do think, I, I, I think that we're this is where we see the fall of the Niners, man. Um, well, here's the here's the thing. Like, I do. I, I remember saying that like it could be they could easily win the first like because I remember I'm not looking at their schedule right now, but I remember just seeing their schedule and thinking that the the first half of their schedule was pretty easy. Um, and then I, I remember seeing the second half was when they played the Saints and the Packers and. And the Rams and start to get a little bit tougher. So these games they can't really afford to lose because if they drop some of these easy games and then you get into your tough games, you're already you're too it's too late. Because right. at least if, if you t- if you take out the easy wins and you lose like a big game to the Saints or say you drop two games to the Saints and to the Packers, but at that point you only have like one loss on your record, then that's only three losses. So hey, we're in pretty good shape. But if you get into those games and you're already down three losses. Losing those two games, you're, you're at five losses, and who knows where you're at in, that, in the season already at that point. Right. So, um, and five losses in that division because I don't see Seahawks losing many games um, this year. So, five losses, you might sneak in the wild card, but I mean, that that's just I don't know. They, I I just feel, I just feel like you know, and I agree with you in the sense that, and mostly you hear this a lot from from Niner fans is everybody thought we'll rebound, we got Super Bowl, we'll get back there again and finish the job. I just I don't see this team doing that. Um, maybe because I don't have a lot of confidence in their quarterback. I don't have a lot of confidence in their offense. Um, because offensively, did they even get better? Did who did they even bulk up their their receiving core aside from George Kittle? Uh, not really. So um, I feel like everybody was like hoping and praying on Debo Samuel's, uh, but we'll see. I just I don't know. I, I feel like. They had their they had their run they had their chance but I I don't know that they're gonna have another chance this year. But it's definitely it's definitely if if you are somebody who um, is rooting for the 49ers and say okay yeah they will make it back to the Super Bowl going starting the season zero and one versus a team that's in your division that you're gonna see twice and you let them pretty much like you let that quarterback <laughs> punk you on his feet it's not a good way to start. Yeah, and, I agree. And honestly, the football, sports in general is a game of momentum. And when you're having your your high expectations and your 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 coach trying to figure out um, his his system or lack thereof that in the season, it's not a good start. It's it's so it's. We'll jump off that that Niner um, Niner talk. I mean, Niners ain't going nowhere. Uh, uh, unfo- yeah, unfortunately, if you're a Niner fan, it's not looking good for you guys this year. But one guy it is looking good for. And um, maybe maybe putting some haters down right now is 
my boy Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers, I feel like, and I'm not saying I'm still not gonna I'm not gonna give Matt LaFleur and the GM of the Packers credit for this pick, um, for drafting Jordan Love in the first round. But I will say maybe it lit the fire that Aaron Rodgers needed um, to come out firing on all cylinders and straight up through four touchdowns in the first week uh, against the Vikings, against a division rival, put up 43 points uh, in the opener. Uh, do you think this uh, – and, and I said this before. I think it's going to be between him and, and Russell Wilson going for that MVP. Uh, but do you think this is sustainable? Do you think Aaron Rodgers is just – or was this just like, hey, you know, it was a one-time thing? Or do you think this is Aaron Rodgers is going to make a statement this year? You know, it's it's so crazy because, like, you think, like, Aaron Rodgers, he, he still looks like he's very capable mm-hmm. of winning a Super Bowl. Um, but them drafting, like you said, Jordan Love, does that show that Jordan Love, the Jordan Love draft is, is their, them showing faith that Aaron Rodgers is still their guy? Um, I personally think that, you know, and I really hope that Aaron Rodgers tears it up. He he killed it in that game. 364 yards for four touchdowns, a passer rating of 127.5. Um, it's crazy, bro. And he all the clout that he's getting, we said this before, he's playing with a chip on his shoulder. Um, Stephen A. Smith even said like Aaron, Aaron Rodgers is a bad man. Bro, he tore it up on um, on Sunday playing um again 964 against minnesota who has a decent squad um so so to me you know watching him watching those numbers he put up uh in the regular season game game one showed that he came ready to play he came strong he's he's ready to tear it up and this is the the aaron Rodgers that we all um were ready to see his decline we were we're like man they got the man's ready for his farewell tour um, but 43 points on the Minnesota Vikings, who are definitely not a scrub team. Um, you know, they got they got Dalvin Cook, Thielen, shootout, dude. And, and they're they have Kendricks, they have Hill, Barr, Barr, Barr used to be, I think Barr was a pro bowler, I don't think he was. Um, they have Harrison Smith, who's dope. Um, uh, they got they got a pretty good defensive line. And Aaron Rodgers tore him all the way up, dude. And uh, and if you see like Green Bay, the way that that he uh, that Aaron Rodgers he rushed for two yards, didn't no fumbles, no interceptions, three hundred sixty four yards. It, it's it's absurd, dude. They're sleeping on him. I I'm not gonna lie, I was sleeping on him. Um, you know what I mean? Like Devontae Adams is no joke. Hundred fifty six yards, two touchdowns. Um, th- this is an all-around team. Everybody's sweating them. Um, they they definitely put themselves on the map. They they made some noise over the weekend again against a very good team. Um, so in my in my personal opinion, uh, Aaron Rodgers still has a shot. And and hey, you were right. You were right. There's there's a chance that he might make it all the way, man. And and if he does, I'm never questioning you again. Bro. <laughs> Don't question me, man. I called the Heat. I called Aaron Rodgers, so just don't sleep on my picks, man. Here's one guy that I feel like no one's sleeping on, and after week one, I, I think it's safe to say nobody should sleep on this team. The Ravens. The Ravens destroyed the Browns, destroyed them 38-6. to six. Um, Really mad that I left um, 
the running back Dobbins on my bench in fantasy, put about 15 points up on the board. Um, but I still won my first week, so I'm not too mad about it. But um, what do you think, man? The Ravens, is it possible for Lamar to, like, supersede his season before, this past season? There's definitely quite, There's definitely a, uh, a chance for that to happen um, with the – the way that he's playing um, again, I, it, it's just kind of hard to say because, you know, Lam, Lamar Jackson, I almost said Lamar Odom, um, <laughs> that would have been trash, bro. <laughs> but you know, Lamar Jackson, he's, he's really, he showed out dude. And he's, he, he's vintage Lamar Jackson in, in that game that he played um, over the weekend. Uh, I don't think that he's somebody that, you think to yourself, like, oh, you know, his his flame's gonna burn out quickly. Um, it, it again, it, it's it's a game of numbers, and you look at you look at the numbers that that they they all like that they all did. Again, one hundred fifty two point one passer rating, two hundred seventy five yards, three touchdowns. Um, he he's he's good, dude. He's really good, and honestly, I think that um, Baltimore has a as a pretty good shot at being in the being in the um uh title run this year um Here's, obviously he has to go through pat mahomes yeah. but at the same time um and and there's not a lot being said there because they play the cleveland browns dude but yeah at the, well, at, well, well that's my question too how much of this blowout was because of the ravens or because they played the browns which i mean it's hard to say now because they they just beat the Bengals the Bengals tonight 35-3 but then again i'm thinking they beat the Bengals 35-3. Should that game have even been that close? So, you know, I guess my next question to you would be, where, where, do, we, where do we see the Browns? The Browns on paper should be a team that is competing for a Super Bowl. With the names that they have on, on their offense and the, and the defense that they have. You talking about the Browns? Yeah. Shouldn't, like, yeah. When, when they got OBJ and they're like, OBJ and Jarvis Landry played in LSU together. Oh, they're going to be such a dynamic duo. Baker Mayfield's a, a young up-and-comer. Now everybody wants to trade Baker Mayfield. People are saying get rid of Odell Beckham. Um, well, here's the thing. I think that everybody's way too hype on Baker. I think Baker's the one that needs to go. Um, because OBJ, like, you know, he, he was the best receiver in the league when he was on the Giants. Um, you know, Juice what, Landry. What, was he, though? I, I feel like, don't get me wrong, I feel like, Odell is a great receiver. I do. I think he's good. But I think that catch that he had against the Cowboys, that, that made him iconic. Like, oh, my God, one-handed mm-hmm. catch, one-handed catch. But I'm like, what? Yeah, he's a good receiver, but I'm like, what What makes you so – I mean, are we putting him in the conversation with Julio Jones, with DeAndre Hopkins, with, um, you know, Michael Thomas? Is Is he in that – in, in that conversation, I don't think so. I think he's a great receiver. I, I just – there's a lot of guys I would take before Odell Beckham is what I'm saying. Yeah. No, he was good. Juice Landry's good. Um, he has Chubb. He has a good O-line. He he has all the pieces to be great. Baker Mayfield has a, a lot of pieces to be great. The Browns have a lot of pieces to be great in general. But I think they really need a move from Baker Mayfield. Um, he's not – as good as people thought he was. I think he has more headlining commercials than he has wins. Yeah. Um, he's, I don't know what, I, I still don't get the hype of Baker Mayfield. Um, but 
if if you're gonna make any changes to that roster, but unfortunately OBJ's on the trading block. Which brings me to another topic. Where do you think he lands? Las Vegas. <laughs> now, <laughs> now I, I don't know, man. Like if I was a team, maybe like the Packers, I explore you need a quarterback, I got Jordan Love, I give you Jordan Love, you give me Odell. They never do it. This is just a trade of probably making Madden. But like I don't I don't know that, that would they would ever bite for that. But I mean, hey, it would give Aaron mm-hmm. Rodgers a great weapon. Um, maybe the Eagles, maybe get another guy on that on that team to throw to. Um, maybe the Patriots, man. Maybe they can use. They're yeah. they're pretty they're pretty depleted at wide receiver. I'm gonna put um, two scenarios out there for you. Number one scenario will be the Seahawks. Obviously, they got Lockett, they got Metcalf, but imagine OBJ in that in that in those names. Yeah. Deep threat. That's a threat. Second one. <laughs> is the Baltimore Ravens. If OBJ went over to Baltimore, it it automatically puts um some kind of worry in that in that wide receiver core because right now who do you have? Hollywood Brown, he's good. Don't get me wrong, but they're they're more sweating Lamar Jackson's feet than they are his than they are his receiving core right now. So you throw OBJ in there that gives him another weapon, another threat to put them over the top. Um you know Aaron Rodgers joining him over there in uh, in Green Bay wouldn't be a bad idea either, um, and then uh, Panthers as well can okay. be another one. I mean, I'll not Panthers. You, sorry, uh, Patriots. I'll tell you what. Here's I'll tell you why I don't like your first two destinations off the bat. One, I like what Russell Wilson in Seattle is doing with DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. Um, I wouldn't want to mess that up especially with a guy like OBJ, because we all know this. OBJ is a diva. You know, mm-hmm. I feel like he's cut from that same cloth as Antonio Brown, where they, they value their touches more <laughs> than, they value, than they value the wins. So, yeah. and that, that's also why I don't think he would fit in Baltimore, because Baltimore's a run-heavy offense. They rely on, on Lamar Jackson's feet. I'm not saying he can't throw the ball, but if a couple weeks in a row pass and – Lamar Jackson has 100 and 100 plus yards on the on the ground, only 200 yards receiving, and only 30 of those yards go to Odell Beckham with no touchdowns. How happy is he going to be? So, I really don't like those fits for him, just because I feel like you you throw him you throw a wrench into like with a good thing that's going on right now. Uh, I could see maybe him flourishing just in Green Bay, just for the fact that that's a pass heavy offense. Um, Maybe even a team like the Niners that would give Jimmy Garoppolo some kind of a threat besides George Kittle. Um, but, I mean, I don't know. We'll see what happens if he even gets dealt. I feel like if the Browns lose a couple more games, they might just clean house and start over. But, hey, they won tonight. They beat the Bengals. I was actually really surprised to look at the stats, even not with the uh, not with the Browns, but with the Bengals. Joe Burrow threw – he had 61, I believe, a pass attempts, which I feel like is – a bunch for a rookie um sorry i had to sneeze um but um yeah i i don't know i i feel like people might say oh well the browns have a finally got a win under the belt week two but it's like they barely beat the Bengals, so i don't know how much how how, how much hype i want to put around that win yeah but but moving on from from the browns and then that just debacle of a team um there's a team that i I'll tell you this much right now, and I'm sorry if there's any fans out there listening to the podcast that like these teams, but you're going to hate me if, you, if you're if you fans of these teams. 
But whenever the Raiders win, I always look for, obviously, all the people in our division to lose, which it's very rare when that happens when all the teams in division lose and our team wins. Yeah, but especially with if, the Chiefs in our yeah, division. Yeah, but there's always two teams where I just find so much joy when they lose and the Raiders win. It just makes that, that win guess. that much sweeter. Let me guess. Can okay. I guess? Yeah, go go for it. Niners and Cowboys. Yep, those are the two teams where if the Raiders ever lose, those are the teams I'm watching all week to be like, if they lose, then I, you know it makes my loss feel a little bit like it makes it feel not so bad. But when the Raiders win, these both these teams lose. I'm on cloud nine, dude. So jumping into the Cowboys, you know everybody. Why is it that every year when, when the Cowboys come up, they make like one change to their team and they're like, oh. Cowboys Super Bowl, here we go. Finally, here we go. The Cowboys undefeated season. They're gonna steamroll everybody. Zeke is back. Dak is back. The Dak attack or Amari Cooper, CD Lamb, where's number eighty eight? Because uh, what's his name? Um God, I'm trying to blank on his name. Eighty eight. Um wide receiver for the Cowboys. Legendary receiver. Des uh, Bryant. Irvin. Oh. Uh no, Des Bryant. He shouldn't have never worn that number. Um, that he gives that number to everybody. Eighty-eight. Oh, this is a guy coming in who's going to be the greatest. Blah blah blah. This and that, dude. CD Lamb. Did I? Did I even see his name in that game? I don't even remember nope. him doing anything. Um, I, I feel bad for Dak because Dak might be the only bright spot on that team, and nobody wants to give him the respect that he deserves. And, no, and Jerry Jones doesn't want to pay him. Um, and then you got the Wolf Hunter in, um, in uh, what's his name, Leighton Vanderesh, but he's just another version of uh, Sean Lee. He he's great. Everybody says he's a great linebacker, but he can't stay healthy. Um, I just I just don't understand why every year it's it's even not even just Cowboy fans, it's NFL experts. Oh, Cowboys, this, this is their year. This is the year they're gonna. And look, I'm not gonna say that their whole season's over after one game, but. I mean, I just didn't – when I watched the game, I didn't see what everybody else is seeing. I don't know about you, but I just didn't see it. Yeah, I didn't I didn't see it on it. <laughs> Who knows, man. It's, just, it's really – I hate when the Cowboys win, and I hate – like because I, I think the Cowboys are the um, – like they they just we're America's team, you know. Everybody owes everything to us because we're 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 the greatest. But come on, man! Like that to me, like how you feel about Bron is how I feel about the Cowboys. <laughs> um, so, in, in all honesty, I just feel that as if sometimes they they got and uh, even in their best, man. Even in their best, you know, Dak. Um, off field things that's happened, and you know, I feel bad for the guy. Um, but at, like, we're, we're not talking about that, we're talking football. Um, they've had a lot of things going on, like, he clicked right away with Amari Cooper. I'm, um, you know, that's cool to see, but at the same time, like, there, there's nothing owed to that team, yeah, yeah. So, 